Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Coach Replay Show. I'm your host, Corey Camp, and today I have with me friend and colleague, Dr. Kim Ramadan. And uh, I'm really excited because this whole month, month of October here in 2021, we've been talking about something that is really important. And, and I know it kind of touches everybody in the field of education, probably personally, as well as professionally because October is hard, but it's Mental Awareness Month uh, in general, and we've been focusing on that here on the Coach Replay Show. And so Kim is going to be talking with us a little bit about resiliency and education, some tips, some tools, some ideas to consider, especially this year. So welcome, Kim. Thank you. I like how you said my name, Ramadan. Sounded very fancy. <laughs> Do I say it right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we've been together just for a, few had a moment you got it i know you right got it. yeah you i don't it. ever really it. use your last name so <laughs> <laughs> well i'm happy to be here and talk about mm -hmm. this um there are a couple of things that i've been thinking about um in terms of resiliency so i'm excited to have this conversation thanks for having me yeah yeah absolutely so uh where do we start kim where do you want to start today i mean i think you know there's this word of self-care um, that has been something that has been talked about a lot in education, especially the last couple of years, but even probably prior to that. And I feel like that word has kind of not landed well um, with folks recently. And I think with good reason, I think it's, you know, when you say teachers need to take care of themselves and self-care, what we're not doing is acknowledging perhaps how difficult things are right now. And we might be saying, okay, well, you just take care of yourself and we're still going to pile these things on for you, but mm -hmm. you need to take care of yourself. So go meditate and do yoga. Right. It'd be easier if you, <laughs> are you, are you taking care of yourself? Cause all of this workload would be so much easier if you, you know, no need to take things off your plate. Just exactly. take care of yourself too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think, so I think I like the idea of talking about resiliency because we mm -hmm. are having to be very resilient right now. And I think there are things that coaches and administrators can do to help. And we'll get into that as well um, and have some tips and tricks. But one of the things that I was listening to very recently was a podcast by Brene Brown, who is my favorite, if you can't Mine tell behind too. me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had a lovely, lovely coworker this past year who was like, you have to get on the Brene Brown train. I was like, okay, here I go. Toot, toot. So um, I was listening to a podcast where her and um, Amy Cuddy were talking about, Amy Cuddy was talking about the pandemic flux syndrome. And basically, mm -hmm. Amy was saying, listen, you know, we thought that at the beginning of this school year, we would be done with all of this and have a normal year. And, and that has not happened yet. So people's capacity for negativity and negative things, people are really, really depleted right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it is this is something that we did not think we were going to have to be this resilient for this long. But here we are. And um, we just weren't really expecting it. You know, the Delta variant and all of these other reasons made things a little bit, a lot more difficult this year, wondering perhaps if this year is harder than last year was remotely. Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, one of the things that she said was, listen, everyone's going to deal with this differently and, mm -hmm. and that's okay. And we often think that at this point when something 
happens like this, her, her point was, we feel like we need to escape or change something or do something new. And maybe that's the truth, or maybe we're just kind of stuck in this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so, so that's one of the things that really resonated with me when I was thinking about resiliency was the fact that this is not over. Um, Our capacity for handling things is very, very low right now. The best thing that we can do at the end of the day, her recommendations were like, you are not alone. So hear that first Mm -hmm. and foremost, that the way that you're feeling is absolutely normal. And, you know, surround yourself with people who are going to have a positive impact on your life that you're going to be able to really have some positive relationships with. Well, and I think it's such a a good point because, yeah, we've been talking about resiliency for a while back before things shut down. I was actually just looking like, oh, I've got a learning professional uh, journal right here on resilient leadership, which came out uh, October 2019. We've been talking about resiliency in education for a very, very long time. It has come more to the forefront, just like social emotional learning this past year because of all of the trauma, all of the chaos, all of the additional things on us. And, you know, Kim, you and I, we work with leaders and educators all over the world. Mm -hmm. And we've also noticed that this year, especially, and just the same point to uh, what Amy Ketty says in, in the podcast, like last year it was surprise, emergency, you know, kind of teaching and survival for the spring. And then We weren't sure what was going to happen. We were hopeful we'd get to be back in person in buildings. And many people found out kind of even at the last minute that that wasn't going to happen. It's some more remote instruction and everyone did great. They, you know, we were all better together. We had lots of things learned, but I think the big thing was, again, we've been stuck in this for so long. And so even though last year we were still in a, less than desirable situation with the COVID still impacting our ability to be face-to-face with our students, to be able to connect with our students, to be near family and people and travel. We still had hope that, you know, it's going to end soon. We'll get the vaccine going. We'll, um, we'll kind of work through this, that it'll kind of die out. The summer will come next year. We'll be able to be back in person again. And while that's for many schools, true, they're back in person, Uh, it's not any easier. And this year it's felt like, you know, it's, there's no, there's not as much hope behind it because Mm -hmm. they're just so tired. We all are just so, so tired. Um, And so I think resiliency is an important conversation, but it's also, we're looking at elements that are not the typical thing that most of the most resilient people are still struggling right now. So I do think that's that's important to recognize that we're not alone and uh, it's important to surround ourselves with positives, positive people, positive experiences. Sometimes that's easier said than done for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. as leaders, we can take that and be be the positive person, right? For, for those that we're supporting. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've tried to be, I've been trying to be a little bit more active on Twitter recently, especially in education. And I think one of the things that Jim Knight posted a, a, a question um, mm-hmm. to his followers here a couple weeks ago, and it just asked coaches, um, 
you know, teachers are feeling overwhelmed. What, what can we do? How can we make people feel less overwhelmed? And there were a lot, obviously a lot of replies to Jim Knight mm-hmm. in that tweet. But when I was looking through all of the responses, there were a couple things that were very clear. The first is to listen to people, mm-hmm. um, like really listen, not just listen and then say, okay, so anyway, I have this other thing I need you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and help brainstorm. So like as coaches, can we brainstorm how to make things feel a little bit more manageable? And as leaders, as, as whether you're an instructional coach, a principal, an assistant principal, a superintendent, what are the things that are non-essential that we can get off of teachers' lists so that they feel like they're doing the essential things and focusing on students? And I think those three things were the biggest takeaways for me that he that that everyone was saying to Jim Knight, who just posed this question of, you know, what can we do? And so I think mm-hmm. those three things are really were really great suggestions. Um, sometimes people just need to hear, you know, and listen and be, but actually be heard and not mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. listen. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, you and I were just talking um, yesterday about, you know, coaching and, and I was sharing about one of the teachers that I worked with, who's amazing. And um, I was able to be a coach and support for her last year, but kind of felt like we didn't do as much like productively, uh, in our partnership together, as I did with some of the other teachers that I was working with, but she continually came and said, I know I'm not doing much. I know it doesn't feel like we're, you know, accomplishing a lot, like we're not co-planning and we're not diving into data, but it's, you don't even know how powerful it is for me to just have these weekly sessions where you can just listen Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I hear your ideas and I hear, you know, the, the suggestions, but you also make me, you know, reflect a little bit more deeply. And that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, And she signed up again for coaching this year. And, and I'm excited about that. But again, I think that just listening is really, really powerful. I've had to do this more with my kids this year as well, Mm -hmm. like making sure that I make space to just listen because they're struggling as well. They're tired of the mass and, you know, it's not going out as much and, you know, all the things, um, and we've got to take things off their plate. Like, for example, this morning, my youngest was having a rough day of it. She just woke <laughs> up as a as a grump today. And so asking her to pick up her clothes off the floor before, you know, she left was the least important thing. I needed her to brush her teeth and get her socks and shoes on. She can pick up those clothes when she gets home today. So, mm-hmm. you know, just again, kind of thinking about what can we, what can wait? Yeah. That's a good example of eliminating something for her. Yeah. yeah, We'll get to it and she's going to do it. The (laughs) accountability is still there. Yeah. The accountability is still there. And and we were just talking last week with, I had Jennifer Abrams on talking about hard conversations and again, how it's, especially in leadership, regardless of whether we are leading as a parent, as a friend, a colleague, uh, a leader in an organization with an official leadership title that we are often balancing, you know, how do we hold accountability, but also hold that space for compassion and being humane and, and being authentic and seeing people um, and letting them rise to their own potential mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So I think as a coach, yeah. that was something that I really worked hard on was making sure that, that I was listening to people and, um, you know, really mm-hmm. hearing what they needed. And sometimes that felt a little bit like I was a therapist that was, was not qualified to be a therapist, but I right. think that's okay. You know, yeah. we yeah. need, people need what they need. And right now 
it might feel a little bit more like we're really helping people through their problems, which is what they mm-hmm. need in this, yeah. in this moment. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had an administrator who was really great. She was one of my principals in my first campus who would, and I am one of those who likes to talk out things, even if I've already kind of got them figured out, I just need a sounding board. And so she was great at, and it wasn't just me that she did this with, but when I walk in and she could tell, I was like taking a deep breath to like unload. (laughs) She was going to say, before you start, do you need me to just listen to listen or do you want me to listen to help solve a problem? Um, Great question. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really, really kind of listener. Do I need to be right now? Yeah. Yeah. And and again, it helps you adjust because I am, my knee jerk reaction is to listen to solve Mm -hmm. and that doesn't, and that's not what I want. Like most of the time, whenever I'm talking to others is I'm just kind of, talking through this scenario. I just need to work it out, say it out loud. And it's better to talk to a human than my dog or the wall. Yeah. And how safe us. did you feel in that moment too? Knowing that yeah. like you could come either, either way. And either way. You. Yeah. yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah. You know, one of the other things that I um, was thinking about when we were getting ready for this show was Elena Aguilar has a book onward. It's not so old good. and many people probably have read it. If you have not, you should. Um, and she goes month by month and really talks about resiliency. Mm-hmm. Um, and for teachers, it's really ge- geared towards teachers. And in this um, book, in one of the sections, she talks about how our brains are, have a built-in negative, negativity, negativity bias. Wow, that was really hard mm. for me to say. Words are hard um, sometimes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but we are, we're built to be negative, right? So they're... Um, there can be 30 things that are really going well in a situation, Mm -hmm. but we see the one that isn't first. And the data that she actually stated was within a 10th of a second, we see negative things in a 10th of a second, but it takes 12 seconds for positive things to actually be stored in our memory. So if you consider a teacher and all of the things that you're throw that our teachers are thrown at them, especially right now, mm-hmm. and they're really having a hard time seeing through the clouds of, of everything and likely mostly just seeing the negative things that are happening. Right. Because within a tenth of a second, they see those things. <clears throat> especially when things are for positive. newer or different than they yeah. used to be, right? And they're kind of looking at that situation for the first time and they're recognizing all the negative pieces of it. Yeah. And she talks about in this, in this book, how you can actually train your brain to see more positive things. And Mm -hmm. I think this can can help people be a little bit more resilient in this time is to try to see through the clouds, through the fog into the positive light that is there, because there are positive things. Mm -hmm. One of the things that um, I presented with a couple of my friends in the North Carolina, Carolina new teacher support program a couple of years ago. And we talked about um, th- three good things. And this is something also from Elena Aguilar's book. But at the end of the day, if, it, if daily seems daunting, maybe at the end of the week, write down three good things that happened that day, that week before you go to bed. I had a, a situation where I was in a really um, rough environment, um, work-wise. It was not for Sydney, obviously, <laughs> but <laughs> I was having a really hard time. And so I had to focus on the positives because for mm-hmm. me, I wasn't seeing very many positive things. So in my mm-hmm. notebook that I would take notes on, I would, I went to the back and I would date it. And at the end of the day, before I closed my laptop or I left for the day, I would make myself write three good things that happened that day. And it really helped me kind of 
get through and be resilient mm-hmm. through that, that moment of time. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. Yeah. Whether it's, it's journaling or talking it out. And sometimes again, we can be the one who helps bring the positive or bring attention to the positive by, you know, as, as we are listening, you know, pointing out those positive pieces um, and sharing those out, you know, with, Mm -hmm. with others as well. Uh, That's one of the, another micro episode that we'll do. uh, I think it's next month when we talk about empowering teachers is how, you know, ways to celebrate excellence, but, you know, in, in video, if you're using video for coaching, um, making sure that you are, you know, annotating right where those bright spots exist mm-hmm. so that yeah. those can be there. Yeah. I love that. And but, one of the other things she talked about, which mm-hmm. I love, um, is the energy checklist and we're going to, uh, or energy check-in. So if you want to mm-hmm. share that, um, yeah. on the screen and we're going to make sure that you're able to see these in the notes, but, you know, one of the really great things is to really just check in with yourself. You know, where am I in all of these different, what she calls dimensions in my body and my mm-hmm. emotions um, in my mind and in my spirit and, you know, just checking in with yourself and, and having a little bit of, um, you know, reality check about where am I struck? Where's my biggest struggle? Um, and, it, and she, uh, this is from the onward book. It's also available online as a free download. Um, but she asked that you really uh, rate on a scale of one to 10 uh, or one to five, how much you agree with these statements. And then you can take those in and make some small changes that might help that dimension of, of mm-hmm. yourself, whether it's your body or your emotions. Um, and really, really small things. Like if I don't work out in the morning, I, you don't want to, you don't want to see me, you know, right. if I don't have three to four days of working out in the week, I'm not in a great place. And I need to make sure that I add that to my life. So Mm -hmm. if it's with the body that I would score lower in, that's something that I know I need to do. Sometimes talking to a friend or a close, close person to you say, all right, so I'm, I'm not doing so well in this body area. What do you think I need to do? They likely could say, well, remember you used to work out a lot. When's the last time you went to the gym? You know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think this is a good way to just kind of check in to where you are in all of these different places so that we can continue to push forward in this really, really tough time. I love this uh, energy check-in and I could see, you know, even using this you know, at the start of a PLC, right? Just as a way to Mm -hmm. kind of help people connect with some self-awareness. And sometimes that's hard, right? At this time, we have so much that we are juggling and managing and trying to do. Our cognitive load is overbared with all of the new things and all the things that we have to accomplish um, because our work is so high stakes here in education Mm -hmm. that it can be hard to even make time for this. So this is a really great way. And again, like they're you know, are things that individuals can do or they can seek out, you know, and talk a little bit more, but this gives them some frames to kind of think through. So we do have this, this will be on our our notes and takeaways. So make sure you access that. Remember, you can always uh, enroll in the uh, emails where you get not only the recordings, but the notes and takeaways delivered straight to your inbox. Otherwise, go to learn.sydney.com for access to all of those things as well. Well, Kim, I uh, I am really thankful for you bringing this conversation to the Coach Replay Show. Again, not only is it timely because October is just seems to be 
a rough month for many, many teachers. We've got parent-teacher conferences and all the things on a standard year plus this year. Um, but it's, it really is something that should be always on our mind as we think about how, one, we are serving ourselves and two, how we can support others. Because whatever that title of leadership is, formal or informal, this is a big part of what we do. We are here for those in our building and around us, peers, friends, family members, it doesn't matter. So you brought in some really great points and some great tools for us. Anything else for the audience before we go today? I think just to thank you for what you're doing for, mm -hmm. for our kids. And if you're a coach for teachers, if you're an administrator for all of the above, I think that uh, a, a huge thank you is, is due for all of you. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, next uh, week we have Ali Rodman on, Allison Rodman on to talk a little bit more um, with us around this topic of um, supporting, you know, mental health and uh, for ourselves and for those around us. So she'll be talking about how to uh, build social emotional capacity. So be sure to follow us, like us on social media uh, so you don't miss anything. And then November and December is all about empowering our teachers. So I think it really continues along this strand of resiliency, fostering that, supporting that, um, and just being there for our people. So thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you all next week. All right. Bye.